What's good, Bucket Busters? This is your host, Ro Zapanta, and this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson. What's up, Rip City? And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland basketball. Tim Johnson, mm-hmm. how you living, my friend? Hey man, it's another day, another podcast. Another day, another podcast indeed. Unfortunately, it is another loss for the Portland Trailblazers. We fall 9-8. and eight. We are now the 8th seed. We lost to the Houston Rockets 104-101. to 101. Tim Johnson, what did you think of this game? You know, I think there's there's some some takeaways, some good takeaways we can we can take from this uh, over over the, the the last three games really. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Simons, Gary Trent Jr. They're giving us good quality minutes. You know, I I don't I don't think that 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 is a bad thing at all. They're filling in nicely in CJ's absence. Um, you know, th- they're a bright spot in what could otherwise be considered a, a pretty abysmal showing by the Blazers but keep in mind the Blazers are facing a ton of adversity right now with injuries you, yeah you've got Collins out we know he's been out uh, he's gonna be out most likely the entire season CJ's out Nurk is out Rocco's out with a concussion Hoodie's on a minutes restriction Derek Jones Jr.'s injured hasn't played his full allotment of minutes really yeah yeah um i think this game he's out with a a foot sprain so i think i think i'm 0 for 2 now with my predictions but i still think the blazers have the potential to tread water and and that's all we have to do all we have to do is tread water even if it's just barely barely hovering around that 50 percent you know the 500 mark while cj and nurk are out and we're going to be okay once they come back. As long as they come back full strength, we'll be okay. Um, you know, I, I think one thing we're still needing to see is is a little more from Coach Stotts. I want to see more creativity. We're not seeing that yet. Uh, a little more defensive rotations. We're not seeing that yet. You know, maybe mixing... I, Initially, I wanted to see a mix-up of the lineups, but obviously that's hard to do with this many injuries. Um, you know, I, I I still think I'm seeing some good some good things in these games, but again, it's tough when you're dealing with this many injuries. Yeah, I completely agree. It's tough when you're dealing with this many injuries, and what I'm preaching to everyone is just be patient with this roster. It hasn't come to full form yet. Part of the reason is... Um, one, it's just a new group. Everyone's trying to vibe with each other, figure each other out. Another thing is that we just keep running to injuries, one injury after another. And we have just, just bad luck right now. And we're just trying to just hold on for dear life. But Dame Lillard came to play against the Houston Rockets today. 30 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. And, you know, the, the broadcasters gave a very interesting stat. Um, I really wanted to tweet it out and... Tim Johnson, I'm just going to ask you on what you think of this. So, Damian Lillard currently sits fourth as far as three-pointers made total. But Mm -hmm. he is number one for unassisted three-pointers made. 
Is mm-hmm. this a good thing? I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think as the franchise's best player, the face of the franchise, the leader, um, and his style of play, really, it, it, I think that is what's contributing to uh, these stats here. I think yeah. it's it's not bad in the fact that when the game is on the line and you need someone to take a tough shot or or just make something happen, Dame is obviously that guy. He is he is our guy. And I think that those stats highlight that fact. I think what you're what you're getting at here though is the fact that Portland isn't a very good assisting team. Right. They don't spread the ball around. They don't they don't share the rock well. In fact, I think it was during um, that OKC game. At some point during the first half, kind of late in the first half too, I, they showed a stat. Or, or maybe I just looked at the box score, but OKC had 18 assists to Portland's eight. Oh. And... I just, I just don't think that you can play good basketball with with that few of assists. And and throughout the game, they they picked it up. But you know, I I think I think it's tough when, to me, that screams that you're relying on your, your all star. You're you're relying on on your best one or two players, and that's about it. And you're you're just you're just hoping that you're putting your faith. In the fact that they're going to go out there and create something for themselves. They're going to take over the game. And the problem with that is if you're relying on your best player to take over the game night after night after night, you're going to wear him down. And the last thing that Portland fans need is for Dame to get worked into the ground and get injured. Oh, definitely. And so I think, and so that's why I think, you know, the Blazers need to pick it up. In that respect, because because I don't see good things happening if they don't. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree with you there. I think that Damian Lillard needs more assisted threes. I think he needs more off ball work where he's coming off of screens and someone else is playing the point guard position, like the backup Anthony Anthony Simons. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the way that you know the the current offensive flow is is structured right now with Stotts and it'll be interesting to see if he starts to switch things up a little more with these injuries piling up but someone that is stepping up right, right. now in CJ's absence um is Gary Trent Jr. this game he had 23 points yes one assist three rebounds um Tim Johnson what did you think of his game today I mean I I think so highly of Gary Trent Jr. You and I were talking about it earlier today, and and I think we're we're both in agreement that Gary hasn't reached his ceiling yet. And what we're seeing from him right now is pretty spectacular, especially for someone coming off the bench, filling in for what would have been an all-star season for C.J. McCollum. And you know, I, I think I said it either the last episode or the or the one before that. It's gonna be easy. I felt for the Blazers to fill the gap with CJ's absence. And I think that's coming to fruition with Gary Trent stepping into that that role and just absolutely catching fire 
night after night and just taking it to these teams. I I never I I I said that not expecting Gary to be in, you know, hitting 23 points. I really didn't think that was going to happen. I was thinking maybe 14, 15 points and Hoodie would come in, throw in a few points here and there. Um but you know, I I like what I'm seeing from Gary. I love it. Um, you know, I I still think that, unfortunately, Stotts' offense is kind of predicated on um, taking contested three-pointers or, or, or jumpers, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would like to see more of Gary going uh, hitting these off-ball screens and getting open for these open open threes and, and jumpers. I, I, I love Gary. I think he's great, man. Yeah, I think um, out of everyone on the roster, and we have a relatively, um, let's say, deep roster of players that haven't quite reached their potential. They always flash something great. And I think that Gary Trent Jr., out of all of them, probably has the highest ceiling. And I'm hoping that Stotts can just groom that into something great because today he showed us he could shoot. I mean, look at this. Seven for 13 on three-pointers. Seven for 13. That's a great clip. Also, eight mm-hmm. for 16 on field goals. So, Gary yeah. Trent Jr. was beside Super himself um, as far as just player efficiency. And we're always getting that dog mentality from him on the defensive end as well. Um, next on... And, and, and that's yeah. that's the biggest plus, in my opinion, is, is Gary not only fills the void of CJ's absence, but he adds a little extra in that defensive presence. You know, he's able to get in the face of, of, of the opposing guards. I mean, I don't think you can ask for anyone better to fill in CJ's shoes right now. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think um, Simons, uh, at least the last two games, he was playing really well. This game, it was a little lackluster i think he did hit some clutch shots near the end though except the very last one but he was 14 I mean, 0 and 8 um and just but at the same mm-hmm. time i'm sorry i'm gonna pause you yeah. real quick but at the same time i hate i hate absolutely hate the fact that he was forced to take that last shot and it looked like it was drawn up that way yeah which is unfortunate because i think that hurts his psyche missing that final shot but it at the same time, he never should have been the one taking that shot. It should have been Dame or CJ. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Gary. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you have Gary Trent Jr. Shooting, shooting 7 of 13. Why are you having him as a screener? It doesn't make any sense to me. And on that last play, I mean, you have Dame cutting across the court with barely a screen from Gary Trent Jr. in an occupied space by pj tucker like literally no opportunity for dame to get the ball and simons is the one running the large curl where he has the best chance to get the ball right that doesn't make any sense to me at all right it it's just it was a really poorly planned inbounds play and like i've said before one of the things about being a great coach one of the biggest markers is whether or not you have really good inbounds plays. And Stotts has yet to show that to me. I'm just hoping for the best. Hoping he turns the corner because we're, we're going to need him to step up. We have this very talented roster and it feels kind of lackluster. Yeah, it, um, it really but does. moving on to, on to Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Simons, I mean, we can talk about him because, you know, I... 
Again, I don't think his game is suited to be a point guard, especially not a distributing point guard. Tonight, he had 14 points and 8 rebounds. Zero assists. I I think his game is so, so much better suited to be that off guard. And I think... You know, we have we have Hootie in there who can distribute the ball. If you played him alongside uh, Simons, I don't, I don't think that's really a bad lineup. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think that Anthony Simons is more of a less of a Damian Lillard and more of a CJ McCollum, as in he has more of the shoot first mentality as opposed to just getting the offense flowing. So it's it's kind of tough to say, but I do think that Anthony Simons have has been playing well for the type of basketball he does play. Um, just to give kind of a quick stats uh, or stat about Anthony Simons, over the OKC game and New York game alone, he played 52 minutes. He shot 16 of 26, which is 61% from the field. Um, and he was also shooting 10 of 16 on three-pointers, which is 62% on threes. So he was shooting great before this game. Um, He kind of had a down game, but I think there are, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, there are positives to take away from both Gary and Simons. Um, Moving on with Carmelo Anthony, I think he had probably the roughest game out of all the Blazers today. I think it probably could explain the loss a little bit just looking at what Melo's production was, because we expect a lot from him with all these players missing. He was 6-1-9. and nine. Tim Johnson, what did you think of Melo's performance? You know, obviously, it wasn't as good as it could have been. It wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. One of the questions I actually wanted to ask you was, do you think so far that the Melo experiment is working? You know, I think... I think the way that... Stotts wants to use Melo. I don't think it's working. The way that the the heavy minutes that he wants to like put Melo in and the situations he wants to put Melo in, I don't think it's working. I think you need him more in a let's see what he got for five mm-hmm. minutes. And if he flashes something, you say, I'm gonna keep him in. But you don't trot him out there and let him shoot 15 times and only get you three buckets. Right. That's what he shot today, 3 of 15. Right, and let's be honest. And he was 0 of 4 for three-pointers. And he was there at the end of the game, inbounding the ball. Like, he had no flow to this game at all. I don't know what the thinking was, but um, I was not very impressed by Melo. Right, and and if we're being real about Melo, if he's not hitting his shots, he's not worth anything on the court. He's really not, because he's not not playing defense. He never has. He shows flashes here and there, but... For the course of of however many minutes he's playing in these games, it's not going to benefit you if he's not knocking down these buckets. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I think that um, we are still... We still have to be in patient mode. I'm I'm hoping that Stotts does some things to get um, some of these players going. I mean, it seems like no one is hitting at all cylinders at the same time, and I don't know if that's... That has to do with just the offensive game flow that Stotts has planned for us. Um, but I wanted to actually talk about something else. It's actually a trade rumor that has been going on. And people are enticed by this rumor because the player that we would be getting is a distributor who might get a different offensive flow 
to our team. And it has been reported that the Pelicans are exploring a trade are exploring trade offers for Lonzo Ball. Bleacher Report suggested a trade with Derek Jones Jr. and a 2023 first rounder for Lonzo Ball. Tim Johnson, what is your initial reaction to this potential trade? Well, my initial reaction when I first saw it was, please, no, I don't want that circus in town. But, <laughs> but I will say, someone like Lonzo Ball coming off the bench to play some meaningful minutes with the second unit, he's a good defender. And this guy can probably get you something like 10 and 10. I mean, realistically, this guy this guy can get buckets. And, and you don't need him to get a lot. Just a little here and there, but... To get right. guys open and get them in the in, in the right position to make a basket, this guy could easily get ten assists on any given night with the second unit. So I think it would be great for Ball to come here. Plus, him learning behind Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. That I mean, you can't ask for a better backcourt to learn from, right? You can't you can't ask to be yeah. to have better mentors than that, but I think the asking price, at least during this trade rumor, the asking price personally is a little steep, just because Derek Jones Jr. is the one reported for for this trade. I, one, he's one of my favorite players on the team, mainly because of his right. mainly yeah. because of his defense of and his offensive explosiveness. I, just, I don't think that Portland's utilizing him in the proper ways just yet. Um, but I think you trade him away and bring in Lonzo Ball, you're trading a starter for a second unit guy. And I think you could probably yeah. throw yeah. in Gary Trent to fill in that void. But then what happens in the second unit? That's that's the real question mark. So Yeah, I mean, for, for me... I would be excited to have Lonzo Ball, um, and I think I think the biggest question is who do you think has the highest ceiling? Because that's what it's really about, right? Do you think it's Derek Jones Jr. or do you think it's Lonzo Ball? And the other question is which type of player is going to contribute the most in this current in this current roster? And I think. I think we're a little split on this. We we talked about this mm-hmm. before. Tim, I'm gonna have you go first. Who do you think has the higher well, ceiling? I, I think that's kind of complicated. I, I, they're they're both young players, right? I think they're the same age, aren't they? Yeah, they're both 23. So they're both 23. I think again, I'll I'll say it again. I don't think Portland is utilizing Derek Jones Jr. in the proper way yet. I think that once they figure it out. He could he could offensively be contributing more than what he has. Defensively, we've seen what he can do. I think yeah, yeah. going back to what you just said, I think the 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 player that would contribute the most on this current roster immediate immediately, like what we would see in immediate return, I think it might actually be Lonzo Ball just because he's able to to score and distribute and have you know make make the players around him better 
But I think that if we give up Derek Jones Jr., we're going to be hurting defensively on the on the wings. And, and Derek Jones Jr. not only defends the wings, but he also defends in the post too. And I I think Ball will probably get eaten up in the post, um, just like Harry Giles gets eaten up on the block night after night. <laughs> Had to throw that in there because I that know you love him. <laughs> Man, that hurt me today. I, I actually put out a tweet out there because, like, Christian Christian Wood, hey, he lowered Giles' stock today. Seriously like, though, by seriously though, hundreds you, of dollars. You can't you <laughs> can't put a hundred percent fault on Harry Giles. Christian Wood is playing amazing basketball. Yeah, he's man. I wish I wish he was on Portland. Oh, for real. That's for sure. I, he. You know why can't he Portland, was playing great? Why can't Portland find these diamonds in the rough? You know what I mean? <laughs> like I feel like sometimes we do, but we just get rid of them too fast. I'm gonna have to log through my brain and see players that <laughs> that were potentially good and we just didn't groom them the right way. But anyway, with Lon- with Lonzo Ball, Lonzo is is a great perimeter defender. As far as in the middle, he might be a little softer um, than Derek Jones Jr. But I'm I'm actually gonna say that Lonzo Ball to me probably has the highest upside just because of his his court vision and his IQ and he's already a, a good defender. He's he's not particularly good on the block, but his perimeter defense is actually really good. And I think if people are thinking the long run, okay, Lonzo Ball actually might have more trade value down the line than Derek Jones Jr. If Derek Jones doesn't quite make it to our expectations. And this is the thing that I worry about. Derek Jones Jr. has been in the league for a while. He's had opportunities to start on other teams. He hasn't been able to crack it until Portland. I think that Derek Jones Jr., he might either be maturing late or this could be the best version of Derek Jones Jr. we might ever get. That's what I worry about. So I think that it's something definitely to think about. The scouts are getting paid thousands of dollars to figure it out. It's probably above my pay grade. <laughs> but what, what what do you think about that statement? I mean, I, like I, I see where you're coming from. I get it. I feel you. But I I don't think... When you talk about long term, I don't think we're talking long term here, though. Because the Blazers are trying to win now. And Dame only has so many years left in his prime. You know, I, I mean, I, I think I think Dame can probably be productive throughout his the rest of his career. But as far as just being able to log the minutes he's logging, being able to, to really carry the team like he's carrying now, we probably only have a few years left of this high caliber production. I hope I'm wrong, but, you know, you got to think that way. And if, and if you're bringing in... Lonzo Ball for the long term. I don't think that's the right approach. I I do get what you're saying though, and, and I and I'm yeah, with you yeah. in the fact that I think Lonzo would probably provide the most immediate difference. But I just I worry that you, I worry that Derek Jones Jr. will end up being like a Jermaine O'Neal situation where we just didn't hold on to him long <laughs> enough, and he goes to the next team and becomes an All Star. <laughs> And tears it up. Yep. Yeah. So I, I personally I, I don't see that. think I disagree with you in the fact that we're seeing 
that we're possibly seeing the, the best version of Derek Jones Jr. Because, again, Portland is not utilizing him in, in the proper way yet. They're not. They're not, they're not having him cut to the basket play after play. They're not looking for the lob passes all the time, which is what you need to be doing with this guy. You know, we, we don't necessarily need him to be shooting beyond the arc. We need him to be keeping the, off, the defenses honest by attacking the basket every play. And, yeah. and we're not seeing that right. yet. Right. I, I agree with you. I mean, we, we definitely don't want Derek Jones Jr. to be shooting three-pointers because, I mean, for the season, I think he's only 25% on threes, which is not good at all. Um, it's One thing that I that I tweeted out um, on at Busted Bucket um, was actually both players' stats without their names. I said, which, which version or which player does Portland need mm-hmm. now? Um, player one being... Uh, Lonzo Ball stats and player two being Derek Jones Jr. stats. I'm not going to go off. I'm not going to rattle off the stats right now, but Portland was split. Our vote, our voting was split. And I think that's the way that majority of us feel about this trade where we, we see both sides. Um, It's just, they're both young and we don't know how it's going to work out. And neither of them are sure things. Well, Um, it's just who would, who do you think is going to have the highest? I think, I think the only sure things that we know right now is that Portland is abysmal on defense and they don't have a distributor for that second unit. Lonzo Ball can bring us that distributor and he would still provide us with decent defense. Good defense, really. Whereas Derek Jones Jr. does not dish the rock. That's just not his game. That's not his position. You're, you're, you're never going to get that from him. So, I, I again, yeah. like, it, it's, it's easy to be split on this because, it's again, it's easy to see both sides. And personally, and, and I, I don't know the financials of it all, but personally, I would rather trade someone like Rodney Hood or, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm not too high on Rocco at the moment. Honestly, I think right. I think you could probably slide Derek Jones Jr. down there or throw in Melo for a few minutes. You know, I I think you can probably fill the gap there. Shoot, even play your boy Harry Giles in stretches at the four. <laughs> I I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'll leave it at that because I don't I don't want to I don't want to put trade scenarios out there that that I know nothing about, but. I just I, I would I would hate I don't, to give up Derek Jones Jr. too early. I think that's the point I'm trying to make here. I think we can't we can't put Rocco in trade talks either. And and the reason being is because I think Portland traded too much to to get him. I mean we, we traded Trevor Ariza and two first rounders. Um and I, I don't think switching it out for, for Lonzo Ball. I think if we did that same trade for Lonzo Ball, I think everyone would be like vying to fire <laughs> Neil on the spot. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, I, I mean? can, I can see that. I yes. Yeah. But at the same time, like at so the same not- time though, mm-hmm. you got to think about what's best for the team right now, where we're sitting and you know, Portland, I've said it before. Portland is always going to have to overpay for what they get. 
Every time they they <laughs> historically that's that's what happens. And yeah. you know yeah. as 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 Blazer fanatics, we can't get too mad about the team doing that because a lot of times they yeah. have to for some reason. Yeah, we have to overpay for our players and also overpay in real estate. And now on to our next segment and that of course is called giving props. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in their respective sports. For example, Thrive Fantasy featured James, Harden, James Harden's assist total at 6.5 assists. If you picked the over, it was worth 85 points. If you picked the under, it was worth 115 points. Thrive Fantasy also had Bat- Bradley Beal's point total at 28.5 points. If you picked the over, it was worth 95 points. If you picked the under, it was 105 points. It's a fun and easy way to get into fantasy. Remember to use the promo code BUSTED when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Indeed, prop up today, and I'm going to start with defining our segment giving props, and it is giving applause, giving kudos to a certain person, story, or situation. So, Tim Johnson, I want to know... If you give this props, okay. Patrick Mahomes' brother Jackson was using TikTok to his advantage to get his game up with the ladies. Jackson recorded a TikTok video with very explicit lyrics aimed at Nessa Williams. And he was mouthing these lyrics, it was very suggestive. And Nessa's boyfriend had this TikTok to respond. RJ, play the video, my friend. Looking at me, I know you wanna. So here he is Showing the video He turns over He shows Nessa His girl Sleeping in bed next to him And that was his response to Jackson Trying to shout out His girl So Tim Johnson I want to know Do you give Props to Jackson For shooting his shot And do you also give props to Nessa's boyfriend for the response? All right, man. Stop playing in another man's backyard. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm going to say no props to this fool. But to Nessa's boyfriend, (laughs) good on you for firing back, man. Good on you. So, yes, props to him. (laughs) That's ridiculous. You know, I'm going to have to go with the same thing. I mean... You just you just gotta know that's foul to holler at someone else's girl. I know she's probably famous and like a lot of people holler at her, but you have a platform too. You're using your platform too. You're Patrick Mahomes MVP, Patrick Mahomes brother. You can't just be hollering at anybody without getting a response like that. Nessa's boyfriend though. Nessa's boyfriend with the cold response. Like he could have responded in the worst way, right? Sure. He could have responded with with something Something bad, like really bad. For sure. But he did something classy instead. He just said, hey, my girl's sleeping in the bed right now. That's her. I'm with her. What's good? So props <laughs> to him. Gangster. And now for our last story on giving props. We have Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, Kayla Nicole, 
shotguns a beer to celebrate them going to the Super Bowl. RJ, play the video, my friend. And there Kayla is. She's going in. She's on the right-hand side. She's going for the shotgun. She's tilting her head. She's still working on it. <laughs> Tim, you gotta you gotta grade this shotgunning skills right now. Scale of one to ten. <laughs> I mean, this is. Can we do negative points? <laughs> she picks it back up. That's the she's, worst shotgun. She's still sipping on it. I've ever she's seen. She's trying to celebrate. What? It's she, just like sipping on it. I don't know. That was pretty long though, Tim. Do you give them props? Do you give her props for shotgunning a beer to celebrate the, their Super Bowl birth? Yeah, sure. But <laughs> her shotgun skills? She's got. She's got some work to do, my friend. She has got some serious work to do. If you're gonna put out is this on Instagram, is that what this was? Yes. Man, if you're gonna put this out on social media, you gotta you gotta bring it right. Like you should be bringing your. She should have practiced. Yeah, practice. We talking about practice? <laughs> I am definitely in alignment for you, my friend. And that concludes our pod for tonight. Thank you to the video producer RJ. Thank you as always, Tim Johnson. Thank you for always being on as well. And of course, our fans. Thank you for giving us content. Thank you for making it so easy on us, Tim Johnson. What you got to say? Well, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.